Welcome back to the Fadeaway Podcast, episode number four. I'm your host, Fatty, and I got my co-host, Zaid, with me. Zaid, how you doing, buddy? Good. How are you, bro? Oh, man, I'm hanging out, living the dream. You know what it is? Just uh, getting ready for some Raptors basketball late night tonight. We on the West Coast. 10 o'clock game tonight. We were just talking how much we, well, I mean, how much I don't like the late games. Yeah. I know no one really likes the late games. Iffy. Talking it's about how much we miss the bubble the bubble timing, man. Everything Eastern Eastern time, 7.30 yeah. games. Games all day throughout the day. Those like that. I remember not even looking forward to bubble basketball. And now you're like with all these games getting postponed and people getting sick. You're like, man, I miss bubble basketball when everyone was just safe and passing the tests. And uh, it is what it is. Not only was was it like more consistent because of now we have a bunch of games postponed because teams don't have enough guys. But the basketball was better in the bubble. Yeah, it, it yeah people seemed, were crazy confident. It seemed to be way more competitive, like you said, like you say right now, crazy confident. Games were closer. They weren't really blowouts. Um, and, you know, just the format of all-day games at one point, especially in the beginning of the bubble, that was, like, probably the best situation. But, you know, now that you talk about it, let's just get into, you know, what does the NBA need to do or how can it better handle, like, these situations where teams don't have enough guys? The Sixers yeah. played a game with seven guys. Doc Rivers jokes around about having Dwight Howard play point guard because they don't really have any guards. So, like, what does the NBA need to do to really, you know, make this season actually, you know, right. finish smoothly and run smoothly? At, at the end of the day, there's really not much that they can do because everything that they make decisions based off of, it's all based on these tests. Yeah. And test results come back, whatever they come back at. So, if it comes back positive, they have to do something about it. And it was kind of weird because in the Sixers game, Seth Curry... He had actually played with an inconclusive test. Yeah. And then, like, mid-game, they pulled him. And told him that he's positive. And he has a quarantine, but it's like, technically, wouldn't All everyone have to quarantine? But then he's just sitting, and then it's kind of weird because they're, they're in limbo, right? Because I was listening to, uh, to a couple guys from ESPN talking. They are saying, like, Adam Silver was saying, Our, we need to keep people employed. There's yeah. tens of thousands of people that yeah. rely on us for employment, mm-hmm. and we have to keep people employed. So. Yeah. Unfortunately, they're going to have to keep postponing games. And, I mean, before tonight or before last night, it was just a one game. The, the first week was Houston. Yeah. But now they postponed Miami-Boston and then tonight uh, the New Pelicans Orleans. game yeah, the, and the Mavericks game. Yeah. I mean, think about it this way, man. Like, you got Luka going up against Zion and you're going to sell it short because one of them can't play or because they have six maybe, players. Yeah. Play. yeah. And, 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 I mean, the NBA, we already know Zion's the golden child. So they're not going to want to put him in a – Position where he has to play extra minutes and get hurt and whatnot. And the, the product is already kind of not. I'm, I'm not going to say damaged, but the it product, is damaged. The man. product right now is is it's not as great as it used to be. And, and, and I think it's absolutely damaged. Would, yeah, I mean, if you want to go that far, I don't think it's damaged. I just think the level of competition it seems a bit off. People like there are good players in the league. There's all mm-hmm. and there's good players on almost every single team, but just. The way that the teams have been playing, like even when we, what we always talk about the Raptors, yeah, they're yeah, a good yeah. team, but the way they've been playing has has been poor. So. Every, everything, though, man. From even from officiating standpoint, like the NBA clearly hates defense at this point. Yeah, it's not even yeah. it's not even funny. Like the Raptors game when they they lose by the one point against the Warriors, and they lost because the guy Damian Lee is gonna get free throws because he got touched by a finger yeah. on the game winning shot mm-hmm. from Lowry. Mm-hmm. Like what's going on here, man? Mm-hmm. Like the, the officiating this year has been abysmal. The, the games aren't competitive. People are sitting out like but we had games where it was Philly played and I think Joel Embiid sat Tobias Harris, sat 
Seth Curry, Ben Simmons. Like, mm-hmm. who? What fan and is gonna tune into that game to watch? And I mean, shout out to Tyrese Maxey, rookie. Yeah, he dropped thirty-nine points. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but I mean, man, no one's gonna do that. No casual fan is gonna sit and watch that. And then you also have you know players like taking personal days, like Kyrie. You know, he he took two games off for personal reasons, and now there's four. reports. Is it four? This is the fourth game now. Four and now, straight games. And now there's reports saying that he's off the grid. Nobody knows where he is even. So there's 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 situations like that. Um, I I was thinking, considering how, you know, you know how much COVID has an effect on these games and on the season. Seventy-two games or seventy and some change is still a lot of games to play. It is. In it. I was I was thinking about the other day, and like maybe in hindsight, maybe just make it a, a thirty-game season, thirty-five they can't game do season. That. It's too it's too small of a product to put on TV. No, there's legit minimums they have to hit to keep their TV deal. If they go any less than seventy-two games, they lose that contract. You lose that contract. <sighs> You lose the money. You lose yeah, the money. Lose the and money. They, they cannot lose the money. And that's exactly like at the end of the day, that's why I'm saying there's not much that they can do because. On the one side, you have to listen to what the test tells you if it's positive or negative. Mm-hmm. If it's positive, you have to follow certain rules. You don't really have much of a choice there. Mm-hmm. And on the other side, you have to make money. You can't yeah. sustain. You can't keep people unemployed. You can't lose your, your TV deal. Yeah. That's your revenue. That's how you're paying your players. It's it's a weird situation to be in, man. But I don't know. Maybe maybe they'll get like mass vaccinated and then it'll all be, it'll all be okay. I'm surprised that everyone hasn't like applied for like a quick about, express vaccination or something think, like that. But think going about on. the the bad PR they would get. All the player privilege, all the rich people privilege, yeah. the NBA privilege. They're already getting tested every single day. Yeah. We can't access the same testing now. They're getting all the vaccines first. Yeah. It's like, well, think about the fir- the frontline workers and all these. Mm-hmm. It's it's way too much of a mess. Mm-hmm. They'd have to like really do it secretly. But that's one thing you can't really do you can't in hide secret. That. You can't hide it. There's, um, there's gonna be a player to post it on yeah. some sort of Instagram or social it's, media. It, it's tough for the product, man. And the time last year we were we were talking like in terms of social media, it's at its all time high. Mm-hmm. They're getting a lot of engagement, a lot of likes, but viewership is down and then obviously now with the nfl playoffs like it's just the quality the quality it's tough of basketball hasn't been the greatest and when you have stars who are sitting out when you have stars like kd who are who are sitting out because they don't they didn't kd never got one positive test the tests were just inconclusive and he didn't get enough negative tests in a row for for him to qualify to play so there's a lot of you know protocol that they have in place that maybe are questionable that maybe if they were to make it more reasonable and more logical, that might maybe improve the the gameplay. More more stars are playing, more stars are playing more often, less canceled games. But it, it's definitely a tough scenario. Like you're you're literally dealing with the pandemic and then dealing with making money or losing money and keeping people employed. So mm-hmm. the NBA hasn't done a bad job in, in in trying to get this season going, but yeah, it's just been a weird season because you can tell that the product is lacking. Yeah, and, and you can see in the game there's blowout games. And you know we talked about the Clippers getting blown out. Now they're doing well. Dallas will will play well. Then they'll get blown out. And then so it just it's so much. Most of those good teams are starting to regress to the mean and like yeah. move back up in the standings. Yeah. Like I know the Bucks moved up in the standings. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else? The the Warriors are back in playoff the Warriors contention. Are back. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. The, the top five in the East are now Philly, Boston, Pacers, Bucks, and Magic. Like things it's are starting, going back yeah. to normal. Yeah. Uh, in the West, it's, uh, the Suns are killing it. Yeah. But it's still Lakers, Clippers, Jazz, Warriors, uh, Mavs, Portland. Like, it's been the same. OKC stinking in there, but um, that's because Denver's kind of slacking right now. But on the to stay on the subject of the bad product, man, like, the injuries that they've seen yes. to start yeah. this season yeah. have been 
you know, it's it's hard, man. It's hard. Like we were sad on. Like we're sad here every time somebody gets injured because a he's a human being and man, the guy like you work so hard to get to that position and you finally like in Fultz's position, man, you overcome all that adversity. You, you finally, you know, get a groove and then torn ACL. Just like that, it's a whole season's gone. And can you come back? He's a very athletic guard. Mm-hmm. Like he's not Derrick Rose, but he kind of is built like Derrick Rose. He's playing on that athleticism. So do you come back from that? Yeah. And it's it's tough, man. And then obviously um, Bogdan Bogdanovich with his injury. I'm not going to even try to repeat it. It was like 10, 10 different words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's something in his knee. Yeah. And then Thomas Bryant, torn ACL. These are all young guys. Yeah. Guys that were like – think about how excited we were for Bogdan, man. To get to that. Like, to, the to team, get to the Hawks. Him, and yeah, and yeah. the Hawks, have they started out 4-1. They've lost four straight. Yeah. So let's, let's not – you know, it, it's tough, man. But what do you think of these injuries, man? Like do you think it's the short offseason? Like where do you – where do you attribute this? Because it happens every year, it seems now. You can't it's at an all time high. You can't attribute. It, it's very hard to attribute these injuries to a specific reason. When you all those guys you named, they didn't have short off seasons. They had pretty long ones. Orlando, I don't. Orlando came to the bubble, left early, so Markel had time to to recoup. At the time, um, Bogdanovich was on the Kings, didn't go to the bubble, so he had all the whole off season. Um, so those injuries. They're, they're kind of just like freak accidents. And I saw Markel's injury, uh, and I saw the step he took, and it was just it was just a misstep. And it all it all comes down to how the players play. Like, if, you know, there's a reason why coaches and trainers teach NBA players how to fall. That's to avoid injury. They teach them how to run. It's to avoid injury. How to step. They teach them footwork. It's to avoid a lot of injuries. I think it's becoming a lot. It's, it's not becoming a lot more common now, but we see it now. You know, when, when somebody gets injured, we just go on Instagram. We scroll through and in, in Basketball Forever, Bitch Report, whatever, has mm-hmm. a video of the injury. We see the injuries yeah. all over our Twitter, all over Facebook, all over all the social media outlets. So it's not so much about it being more common now. I just think it's more, you know, recognizable. It's more in our face now. But I think also it's a lot easier now to come back from injury than it ever has been before because of sports science, nutrition, or the trainers, the the, the training methods. Markel Fultz, the first thing I thought about when he got injured is, you know, obviously very sad, very upset that he's injured. Second thing I thought about, thank God he signed that contract before he got injured. Because if he does never come back, at least he's got $60 million. Paid. He just got paid. He's got money to, you know, he's okay. Not that it discredits, you know, like how bad we should feel for him at all. But, like, at least he got money before he got injured. And that's my biggest thing. As long as these, at least these guys are getting paid before they're getting injured. That's the worst thing to do or to have happen to you. The Marcus Cousins. Is to have at the Marcus Cousins kind of year or to get injured within your first two or three years in the league. Yeah. That's when it gets really, really tough. Yeah, for sure. But at the same time, I, you know, if you were to ask me, are these guys going to come back? I think they're going to come back. It's John Wall's proven that it's possible to come back from injury. KD, possible to come back from injury and play at high levels. Yeah. Um, Derek Rose has come back. All these guys have come back from multiple injuries. Um, so I definitely think it's 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 you know doable to come back and play at a high level. Yeah, you mentioned that, that you didn't think it was the off season because some teams didn't even play in the bubble and stuff. But how about the the preseason not really being there? Because that's a big part of I think the transition mm-hmm. back mm-hmm. is that preseason. You get and that's why the Raptors like when the Raptors started out the season zero and whatever zero and five whatever the case was. Four, yeah. It looked like those three four games they were still like lagging. You know they were still mm-hmm. coming back into shape mm-hmm. and. I'm being biased, obviously, using the Raptors because some teams came out strong, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. But maybe that transition back and, you know, going back into full-fledged NBA basketball that quick, 
There's a reason it's why the, there's a reason why the lower level teams were the first ones to get that head start. You, the Orlando's, the, um, the Knicks were playing well. The, the Pacers are playing well. These are teams that didn't, if they went to the bubble, didn't last very long or deep into the bubble. So Cleveland, they were able to get that rest. Cleveland, exactly, they were able to get that rest. The Raptors, the first couple of games, they looked so tired. They looked yeah, so yeah. Out of, they weren't in game shape. Yeah, and for sure. So that's definitely where the lack of a training camp, the lack of preseason comes into play and it, it does have an effect on injuries yeah because you're not as game fit as you would have been if you had a regular season uh sorry a regular training camp or a regular preseason prior to the season actually yeah beginning. and then and then also piggybacking off of our conversation about covid you have three four guys that miss games you're yeah. gonna have to play extra minutes and if you're playing all these extra minutes there's that's added you know added risk for injury added exactly. opportunity for yeah. injury so yeah. hopefully we don't see many more it's it's terrible and i mean John Morant's not out forever, but he is out, and it's it hurts the product. And a team like Memphis, where you're in the West, your your margin of error is minimal. I want to see some postseason, John. If you miss three, four weeks in the West, you might not make it. Depending on how you do, right? So shout out to JV though. Um, oh, let's JV. let's stay on the on the Raptors train, man, because we we've we've given the Raptors a lot of flack this season. They still and I, mean, I think rightfully still, so. Yeah, they deserved they a deserve lot it. of the flack that we gave them. But uh, I'm here to give some flowers, and although the last four games were one and three, we're one and three. It's not impressive. It's not looking great. I'm here to give some flowers because I think personally, there's a lot of positives that we can take away, man. I like, I like the way that Pascal's playing. Uh, uh, you know, I I was on here saying Pascal looked daddy, looked figured out, and he did. Um, but let me just tell you, his last four games, twenty four, ten, and six. Yeah. 24, 10, and 6, shooting 53 from the field, 41 from 3. Mm-hmm. His playmaking ability, in my opinion, this year has taken a step up. Um, he's just finding people better. He's he's passing the ball better in the last four games. Mm-hmm. I think I need to give him his flowers, man, because he's – like, again, we're not winning the games, and I think that there's a lot of things that can be improved before you start winning those games. Yeah. But I got to I gotta say, man, he's, he's figured out – you know, he's getting back into that groove. He's getting comfortable – uh, I hope to see this aggression keep going. We still need OG to step up. That that's just the reality of the situation. And Fred VanVleet's been our best player all season. I wouldn't give him flowers yet. I I think he's made I think he's made pretty drastic improvements. And and the biggest thing that stood out to me when when I was watching the Raptors play is he's using his brain, and you can see he's using his brain on you know. He sees and he notices when double teams are coming. He lo- he loves to get the ball in the post. He loves to go down low and, and, and try to post up the the smaller defender or, or whatever defender it is. When and you you saw him um, in the last two or three games, you see him reading the defense, waiting for the double to come. And I remember he he had a couple you know streaks of that where the defender would come and he would have an easy pass somewhere else. He had an easy uh, this one play stands out to me where he had he was he was in the post, double came from the from the weak side and. Terrence Davis just cut, and it was just an easy pass like this, easy layup. So you can tell he's starting to read defenses more, starting to pick his spots more. Pascal's game is still very raw. Like, when you look at him play, he doesn't look the most coordinated. He doesn't look the most smooth. But when he chooses his spots and he picks his spots, he knows when to shoot, he knows what spots he wants to shoot from, and he shoots with confidence, that is what's going to unlock his game to the, let's average 27 points a game instead of 22, 24. Um, so from Pascal's perspective, I still think there's a lot of improvement, but he has made strides and he has done a great job of playmaking for others, being able to read defenses and see how his effect can be more than just scoring instead of him just forcing up twirling shots, forcing up 
post-ups, forcing up three-point shots that he doesn't have. I think once he starts to, or he has started to play smarter, but once he continues to play smarter, that's when he's going to take it to the next level. Fred Van Vliet has been probably the most reliable player on the Raptors. Um, you know what he, you're going to get from him. You know he's gonna, you're going to get great shooting. You know you're going to get... Fred, you know, attacking the basket. So you we know didn't know that though. The first couple of games was shaky. It was shaky. Yeah, nine but and eight points in a couple of those first couple of games. But he's still gonna shoot. He's still gonna play. And it, it was only the first. It's only really been two or three games that he he's been a bit shaky. But he's 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 a type to all also you know give you things at other ends of the floor. You know, at the defense defensive end, he'll play bigger than he, what he is. Um, his playmaking for, sure. for other people is he his, shut down Steph Curry two exactly, for sixteen. Exactly. His playmaking for other people is is, is has always been there. The biggest thing is the two X factors. It's Norman OG. OG has not played to the level we wanted him to play at. His and percentages been, are terrible. And it's been terrible. very difficult to watch. Even defensively, he hasn't been the greatest. Um, I think a couple games ago, I know I had found the stat that the Raptors commit the most fouls in the NBA, and that's probably still true just by watching them play the last couple of games. Defensively, the Raptors are not playing well. We give up so many threes. We give them up at a higher percentage, and we foul. There's no chance we're going to win games. There's yeah, no chance we're going to win games. OG like shooting that. 28% from the three, down from 39% last year. Exactly. And then Norm, he's good some games. He's good. He's not good other games. But he's averaging 12. OG? Yeah. But imagine if he, 12 shot, and six. If he shot better, though. Oh, I'm like saying, it, let's say that 28, that you push that up to 35%, you're, you're averaging 15 a game. Exactly. So that's possessions wasted at that point. And you know, let's just talk about the last game. Because that's the most fresh. That's the fresh game on our the Warriors, the game. Warriors game yesterday. We saw Steph Curry. Honestly, I I don't. I'm not gonna say Fred VanVleet by himself shot him down. I think the Raptors, led by Fred, did a great job at making it difficult for Steph. Steph had a lot of trouble getting through screens, getting through, um, you know, getting open, getting open shots for himself. The Raptors did a great job of shutting down Steph Curry, but the issue is we didn't shut down anybody else. We let everybody else yeah. eat. Wiggins was eating. Pascal was eating. Kelly Oubre hit a few threes. And we hadn't seen him hit many threes at all this season. So it, the, the defensive schemes that Nick Nurse has been putting into play haven't been the greatest. And then so you also have to come out and question, Nick Nurse, what are you doing to make this team better? We're give, there's games where we give up 120-plus points. We're not going to win with that still, brand of basketball. I think he's still figuring out the lineup and the Absolutely rotation. Absolutely, he is. Absolutely. Because there's still guys that, like, Chris Boucher has been exceptional. God bless him. Has been exceptional. Like, shout out to Chris Boucher. Yeah, has birthday been exceptional. Today. His birthday today, I think. Yeah, happy, happy birthday, birthday to Chris. Chris. Bona fête à toi, bro. Yeah, facts. Bona, bona fête à toi, CB. <laughs> Um, Slim duck. But he's, he, he's also been one of the most consistent players in the Raptors. And he's not even starting yet, which may be a move that Nick Nurse wants to make because he went with a really small ball five with Pascal Siakam starting at the five on yeah. um, yesterday against the Warriors. It didn't really work out in our favor. Um, I'm going to let you speak about Watan- Watanabe. Watanabe. Where, where's my camera? Is it, is it is here? It, yeah. No, it's this one here. Because <laughs> I know you love Raptors Twitter. <laughs> Raptors Twitter, I need to hear from you. Loud and proud. Watanabe. Watanabe. He gives... Watanabe, bro. He give us such good The minutes. Japanese James. Japanese James Harden because he's, he's got the lefty, but he's a way better defender. Yes. Man, I loved his hands on rebounds. Mm-hmm. I thought he was very active. His positioning mm-hmm. was great. Mm-hmm. He was just after him, man. He was just going, like, attacking the rim. He had confidence. 
He had a nice stroke. Yeah. He made a three. He, he, Man, it was it was good. Yeah. I, I want him to get more minutes, get more comfortable. He seems like he can be that kind of utility guy who can do it all. If you need a if you need an open three, get him in the corner, get him in the wings, he'll hit an open three. He yeah. can defend for you. We just need more like for good you. minutes from him. Him and Stanley. Stanley Johnson's been playing Stanimal? Um, he's been playing exceptional. Is it Stanley or OG though? Yeah, that's fine. Which that's one a, is it? That's a tough one to tell apart. But which one is it? But Stanley, like his minutes, I can't even be mad at. Like he's get he's been playing really good minutes, and you can tell Nick Nurse has been trusting him a lot, especially because of his production on the, on the defensive end. It's not much on the offensive end, but his his ability to defend multiple positions, yeah, to, to switch, to get rebounds, um, I think it's been great for the Raptors. And then uh, Malachi Flynn, he's been getting a lot of run. He surprised me because he is a lot less confident than I thought he was going to be. You know, you, you look at his college um, tapes, you look at how he plays, he plays with, with like, a sense of confidence that, like, I've seen him take shots, and I'm like, what? What are you doing? Like, why? But he takes them and makes those shots. He hasn't had that same kind of swag with the Raptors, and I think he needs to, I think Nick Nurse needs to maybe not call him out in public, but I think he need, Nick Nurse needs to instill some sort of confidence yeah. in him and get him really going. And that's a good point, man, because you and I were kind of talking about that too. And prior to him having that one breakout game, so the one it was the game against Sacramento when they had a franchise high in points. It was 144. Yeah, he had a really good game. I think he had 12 for 14 that night. Mm-hmm. But prior to that, he hadn't even made a basket. He right. hadn't made his first NBA basket. And yeah. and you and I were watching that, and we're like, he looks. Scared. Scared. Like he's looking like he's so nervous. He doesn't want to make the the wrong decision and get benched or get called out again. Yeah. And as much as we love Nurse and we give him his flowers and he's a great coach, Mm. you and I have been outspoken on how we feel about him bashing guys in the media, especially guys like you're going to bash non like non-rotational guys. That's the issue. You know what? You know what I mean? Like, why are you going to go out and bash Malachi Flynn for the three minutes that he gave you and say, oh, he didn't really give us much. And his first. What do you what do you want from him? His first four NBA games. Matt Thomas. Matt Thomas hasn't been getting much run at all. We there's 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 so many Raptors Twitter needs needs Matt Thomas freed right now. People are going crazy. So he. I don't like. I don't mind him bashing the norms who've been there around, who've, who've been around, I and are like, getting a lot of minutes. OG, OG. Pascal, Cal Lowry. Even though he, no one can speak ill on his name, Cal yeah. Lowry, bash him fine. He'll he'll come back strong the next you game. You can never. No, no, no. You can never. But you can never. But he's a coach. <laughs> whatever. He'll do it. But don't bash the guys who you're barely who number one are on a very short leash yeah, and you're yeah. barely gonna give him any run. That's my issue is because that's not gonna put any confidence in them. You gotta talk to these guys on, on their own. You gotta talk to the and tell you and teach them. What to do? Make them watch tape. Um, critique them personally. Don't critique them in the public because it's not going to come out, you know, favorable for the Raptors at all, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's uh, Nick's got to find his groove and he's got to be more consistent mm. with the bench players. Like I was saying, another when we were watching the game, it feels like there's an A team and a B team. Yeah, and yeah. then there's like the there's the the A team is like the Fred Van Vliet, Kyle Lowry, Norm, OG, Pascal. And then you got the B team that's like Stanley and Len and Baines and Chris all Boucher making his way up to the A team. Like you know, Chris yeah. Boucher's got like A and a half, yeah, like yeah, eight yeah. point five, right? <laughs> and and you know, we I brought up Baines's name, but we didn't get a chance to talk about. It. He's effectively out of the lineup. I think. I think Chris Boucher done played him out of the lineup. And what Watanabe? We need to know what is real. Okay, we need to know how to say it because Watanabe. I've heard I've heard Watanabe. I've heard Watanabe. I'm gonna go with Watanabe. I'm I'm going Watanabe. 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 Wow, we just uh, coined the name on the show, boys bro. and girls. Um, Watanabe. No, you you bring up Baines. Baines is 
and and even Len. Uh, and Len hasn't gotten much of a chance to play, but Baines, bro, this guy. I think I think some games like Nick has a, a beer or something before the game. He's like, hey, Len, let's give it a shot. <laughs> and other games like not. Bro, Aaron Baines has been trash. Bad. Man, he's been bad, bro. Like, he can't defend. He's a big guy who can't defend. He shoots. He three, has been abysmal. The three-point three shot is a dash-up. If you've ever seen him shoot it, yeah, yeah, yeah. he just throws it up. And then sometimes it'll go in, whatever. But he does not give you enough output offensively or defensively. We relied previously on our bigs to make plays. We had, Powell, we had Marc Gasol and Serge Ibaka who, could, who were very good passers. Mm-hmm. None of our big men are these kinds of passes. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, the Raptors are really struggling to create offense through the big men because of that. Absolutely. Uh, let's let's move on from the Raptors. I think the main takeaways is we're getting better. The trending the it's trend is upwards. Yeah. I think it's you yeah. know it's not really translating in wins right now, mm-hmm. but the defense is tightening up a little bit over the last two games. Pascal's getting more confident. Yeah. Uh, the offense is coming around. Hopefully, the bench can come around as well because we need we need bench production. Terrence Davis needs to come through. And he, he does when, he, when he's given the chance. One last point I wanted to make was that game-winning shot Pascal took. Love that he took it. Love that he missed it. He needs that. Mm-hmm. He needs that kind of experience. Did you see the breakdown? Did you see that guy who broke down Draymond Green's read of that play? I that did. was perfect. And that man. was perfect. And that might be a knock on Nick Nurse because there's nah, no nah. way Draymond There's Draymond There's, there's like a few tape. guys that can do that. And Draymond's watching tape. Yeah, but so Draymond's gotta, an elite brain. I agree, but you got to know that there's an elite brain defensively on the court. You got to come up with a play on the fly, or be able to come I up with a different play. It's like one of those things when LeBron like calls the play for you. He's just transcendent in his brain. Like Draymond Green is not LeBron offensively, but Draymond Green's value on the court, and that's something that we should probably give it at least you know a couple minutes because what he does on the court for Golden State is immeasurable on a stat sheet. Absolutely. You're never going to look at a, at a box score and say, wow, Draymond stood out tonight. Mm-hmm. But Draymond Green is so perfect as a player because he's in every great defensive position. He's on every switch. He's talking. He's guiding Telling, you. Yeah. On offense, he's in the, in the open court. He's hard to stop. He's fast. He's fast, and he's strong. a good playmaker. He's a good passer. And he doesn't look to shoot, man. He looks yeah. to distribute the ball and move the ball around. Mm-hmm. And I think that he, like, Andrew Wiggins this season has taken a step up defensively. And I think playing with Draymond Green has helped him. Do has that. really yeah. helped him immensely. Like, he's looking different. He shut down Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's he's done a good job. and they, they, They're 4-2 in their last six games. That's the value that Draymond brings. Like, you, I think the biggest thing that you mentioned about Draymond is that he doesn't look to shoot. And he knows he's kind of become not that great of a shooter. People, there's, remember... Man, that, he that hit a couple play? threes against the Raptors that were so dagger. That, well, but there's that one play ye- uh, yesterday when we looked at it. That we gave Draymond absolutely the green light to shoot the ball. There was nobody near him. And he didn't even look he to shoot. He didn't look to yeah. shoot. And that's the great thing about Draymond is that he knows his role. He knows how to play his role. On the flip side, I think Nurse should have came up with a better play. The play was poorly executed, but because we see, we, we've seen that Draymond Green... Um, video of him breaking of him you know guiding everybody yeah. what to do what i didn't like was that like you said it they looked defeated right when they were figured out like the ball was inbounded and everyone knew that they figured it out and they just stood there and waited for pass and like pascal was kind of waiting for movement and then he's yeah. like okay well i'm gonna do this i hated that he spun because he twirled i, I don't he mind twirled, but he didn't i don't spin. i don't mind that he misses and i think like you said it's a great shot and, and it almost went down like he had the confidence yeah it's just so much more worse Optic wise, when, when you spin, spin four and times, it's <laughs> like, come on, man! Like that's all that you do. You just and he spun in the same spot. Like yeah, it didn't. Yeah. So it was weird, but 
Um, yeah, man, the Warriors, like Draymond Green's value, he's 4-2 and two since the he's come back to the lineup. Yeah. And we're going to talk about this kid later, James Wiseman, but wow. his effect on Wiseman and, and I think moving forward is going to be it's going to be great. amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, yo, have you been keeping up at all with the Lakers this season? Why? They're perfect. What's there to keep up with? What, what, do, we, what do we need to talk about? There's no... I sent you a post the other day, man. I sent you a post the other day of LeBron. He took a ridiculous shot. Oh, it was the like fadeaway. The, 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 the follow-away. The fo- not the, the follow fade. Away. The follow-away to the bottom corner. Like, talk about a well-oiled machine. And, and think about it this way. Like, they still lost a lot of players and brought in, like, key guys. Yeah. We're not talking about – we're talking about, okay, you're starting guard. Mm. He's new. Mm-hmm. Your backup, I think he's Wes Matthews coming off the bench. Yeah. But your starting center, he's mm-hmm. brand new. Mm-hmm. Your bench center, brand new. Yeah. And th- this is your sixth man. So you have three guys that you got you to gotta integrate into the offense, and it's just seamless. It's just AD is transcendent, and LeBron yeah, is LeBron. Yeah. But have we seen AD better than he is right now? Like, I feel like AD is goaded right now. Like, even though he won one ring, he just has that aura, like – Give me that ball. I'm taking over. And I was I was listening to a report. They were uh, they were saying apparently AD was he was pissed at his teammates in the first couple of games because the defense was kind of crappy and it mm-hmm. wasn't looking really good. And he started taking over. And they were saying like it's a good sign. Like when when AD feels like this and he takes over, it's a lot of times some players unlock another level once they win. Once they win, once Facts. they know how to win. LeBron won his first, unlocked another level. D-Wade won his first, unlocked another level. AD won his first, he's unlocking another level. You reach, once you become a champion, you know what it takes to get there. There's a formula. There's, there's, there's good habits you, 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 you start to, to actually you know, keep when you want to win your championship. So I think for me, AD, we know he's going to be great. We know he's, he's, he's going to put up buckets. We know he's virtually unguardable. We know he's a great rim protector. Great screen roll defender, but how he's going to lead, how he's going to hold guys accountable, how he's going to actually bring this Lakers team together, especially as LeBron. We every say we every year we say LeBron's aging. He's he's going to be a bit regret. He's going to be regressing a bit this year. Mm-hmm. He never really does. Um, but as LeBron is getting older, AD has to become that guy that's in the spotlight more. He has to be that leader on the team. Yeah, I think Frank Vogel has been wildly underrated yeah because what he's been as are many of lebron's coaches though yes but i think this one i think frank vogel a lot more spo is accurately rated now and he's yeah given a lot of flowers of because of his post lebron because of post lebron and because of how he handled that miami heat team but frank vogel how he's been able to integrate two transcendent players two transcendent egos is great how he's been able to integrate stars or you know role players around those two guys has been great. He's been into, like you said, he's been able to integrate three new key players into the system. Mm-hmm. You also have um, THT, who's yep. a, who's, who who has games where he plays well. Kuzma carving out a better role for him, and then you bring in guys like Wes Matthews. You bring in other guys off the bench. Markeith Morris. He's been KCP. doing a good. He's been doing a good job, and yeah. you can't look at you can't look at it and say it's all LeBron. LeBron can obviously do so much, but there has to be a system in play. There has yeah. to be subs made. There has to be you know defensive plays called out by the by the ref off, uh, by the by the coach. Sorry, they have five guys averaging double digit scoring. They have AD at twenty three, Bron twenty four, Dennis fourteen, Kuz eleven, Trez thirteen. Yeah, Trez. They, they, 
KCP 9.6, almost 10. So that's almost six guys in double figures. Um, between AD, LeBron, and, and Trez, they're at each averaging over eight rebounds a game. It just, it's a team. This is what a team should look like. Between, Despite having them. Gasol and AD, one averages 1.6, one averages 1.4 blocks a game. Like, they're huge. They're defensive, defensively sound. They're championship material. They got the two best players. They're, they're, they're like, the assuming best. health, they're the runaway, in my opinion. Well, I don't nobody, see anyone coming there's close. There's nobody coming close. I, I thought maybe the Nets would come close. They've had a bit of issues that they've got to figure out. Obviously, with the no Clippers Kyrie. are maybe the other one, but like, eh. uh, I'm not big on that. I don't either. know. I, when you listen, when you got it'll be interesting. When you got two of the top five players in the league, plus a, a fire supporting cast, plus a coach who's underrated who has been great, championship. They're, yeah, they're, they're for set sure. To repeat this year, they're set for. For it. sure. I saw this thing on um, I saw this thing on Facebook, and I want to bring it up here. I, I didn't tell you about this before, but mm. someone made a post. They said, is Chris Middleton the best shooter in the NBA? And I'll hold on, and I'll tell you why. From a statistical standpoint, this season, mm. he's shooting 56% from the field, 51% from three, okay, mm-hmm. 97% from the free throw line, and he's putting up 23 a game, 23, 6, and 6. Chris has been 50, 40, 90. But this is 50, 50, 97 yeah, this is incredible. Like this. And and Giannis has not been really that great to start the season. He's had a couple off games and yeah. Milwaukee's figuring stuff out. But Chris Middleton's been incredible. Um, I'll tell you why I don't think he's the best shooter in the league. And that's because my criteria of what a best shooter or a great shooter is mm-hmm. isn't just about your efficiency and how, you know, how well how you many shots it. it takes you to make a, a basket. Like, I get that. The efficiency definitely matters. But – in my opinion, when you look at players like Steph Curry, first of all, that there's no question you can't compare anyone to him. Mm. And then you have like Dame Lillard, like, my, yeah, okay, obviously Range. Chris Middleton is going to be much more efficient, mm-hmm. but the degree of difficulty in Dame's shots yeah. are very different. The length, mm. the, the range, like you said, the the like the the burden he carries offensively for that team, it's a different story. James yeah. Harden, same same idea. Mm-hmm. These guys are all incredible shooters. So I don't think that Chris Middleton is like, I don't know. What do you think? The problem is with when you're, I, you're not comparing apples to apples. I know. What, and what I mean by that is there's tiers of shooters. There's, it's not that there's tiers of shooters. Steph, Dame, James Harden, Trey Young is up there because of his range. PG, like you said, Bradley Beal. These guys they carry an unbelievable load. Exactly. Chris Middleton doesn't ha- nearly have that offensive load or the offensive burden on him. So for him to f- to shoot efficiently is great. Don't get me wrong. It's very difficult to do. But he's not always expending that kind of energy in order to to, to get buckets or to be able to shoot that much. These guys' the usage rate, the guys that I just named, is unbelievable. And they got to come and def- defend at the other end as well. Some of them don't defend well, and it's 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 eminent that they can't defend well because of how much energy they exert at the offensive end but it's just the load they carry offensively the game plan is always double team these guys it's never double team chris sometimes if he gets hot though if Giannis is out sure if Giannis is out or if he'll get hot in game adjustment we'll double team chris Milliton. but other than that you got drew holiday you got Giannis. he's not the main guy right so that's what really he's having a a big that's a big deal man he's having a fantastic year 23, 6, and 6, and those splits are incredible. 97% from the free throw line. I want to go somewhere else. Chris? Yeah, nah, bro. They, after this year, I hope Speaking of going up. somewhere else, I'm glad you brought that up because you and I need to need to settle something here. And, and at this point, like, 
this is a crisis, man. This is a national crisis. This, they what's suck. A, this is an emergency. Like, dude, Bradley Beal. Now at this point, like, how do you not want to get out of there? Now I'm just judging him. Like, how do you not want to get out of there? He scored 101 points. Over two games. Over two games. And they were 0-2. Yeah, and his girl was tweeting all Yo, she night. She tweets a lot. She, 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 she was tweeting tweet all night, bro. Like, what is going on? Bradley Beal needs to get the heck out of there. Uh, I want to ask you, where, where do you think he should go? Where do you think he would be a great fit? He doesn't have much of a choice, so obviously everything's dependent on. Let's on just trades. say, let's just say your preference. Where would what where would I, I want to see him? Yeah. I would. It's gonna like somewhat make sense. First and foremost, I think the Raptors can use him. I think a, a sure. reliable closer, a reliable scorer, uh, a guy who can get you a bucket when you need. And that that rumor has been around for for two years, maybe. It, it's been there. We the Raptors created by Raptors media, I'm sure. Right, and Raptors <laughs> fans, and Raptors fans want him. It's not like they don't absolutely. Want him, right? uh, and I think if he were to come into a system where there's other reliable players and he doesn't have to do it all, I think he'd be open to that idea. So Raptors, I think first and foremost, like I think we're both maybe on that same page for that one. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing him in Miami. Miami would be a, a great, a great with fit for Jimmy him. Tyler Hero. Yeah. Well, one of them no, would have to go. Have to, Jimmy, Jimmy would stay. Tyler Hero would probably go. Maybe they get. I don't know if they get rid of Duncan too, but having wings of Bradley Beer, Bradley Beal, and Jimmy Butler, one who can put up, put up any shot you want, he'll, he'll he'll score a bucket for you. Jimmy Butler can score when needed and can defend. I think they co- they can complement each other. Um, so I wouldn't mind seeing him in Miami. As far as any other team goes, I got one for you. Go for, go for it. I got one, and I think a that contender. I'm the, I'm only want contenders, and I hope. Yeah, yeah. This this one's a contender, and I'll tell you, the Denver Nuggets. I was gonna say I was thinking about Denver. I'm like, no, the Denver Nuggets, because so. instead of that Gary Harris position, like that three, they desperately need a third reliable option. If if Jamal Murray and Jokic can get a guy like Beal, a guy like that, what they expected. Gary Harris could eventually turn into man. No, the the reason why I would disagree with you on that one is not because I don't think he would fit there. I think the trio of them three would be pretty interesting. I don't think Bradley would settle for a third option. He's not a third option. He would be. He would be like one B, one A, one B, one A with Jokic. You think Jamal Murray would want that? The max guy. (laughs) See, it it would be tough. Like, and you talk about money. Like, I don't know if the three maxes would work. But you're right. It, I create, don't know. it creates it, problems. It gets tough. Even even take the money out of the out of the. I, I don't mean Max guy as of as in money. I mean Max guy as this imagine, is the uh, guy. This is the franchise guy essentially. Imagine they they flip like a Drew Holiday and a few things, and you got Bradley in Milwaukee. Bradley in Milwaukee would be interesting. That'd be nice. Uh, that'd be pretty interesting. That's a good that'd one too. Nice. But. but yeah, I'm just trying to think of um, contenders that could have him. But. Bradley Bill in Houston, trade him for Harden. I mean, in Utah, he'd be pretty cool too. Utah would have a big role in Utah. That would be really nice. That would be, be a really nice, nice one with you, him yeah. and Donovan Mitchell. So there's a lot of uh, imaginary things that we can just draft <laughs> up here all night, but it's going to make sense financially. We didn't look at the contracts at all. So no, no, no. Uh, it's just more so like our We're preference and, and what. So let's before we end it, let's talk about the rookies, man. Uh, let's talk about that. This rookie class is built different, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, let's let's just go top five. Like I'm going to go pull up the, the rookie ladder. Uh, By the way, none of these guys have are shoo-in for rookie of the year. Exactly. We, we don't have usually we have like like last year we had John Moran, maybe Zion because he's but yeah. well, Zion Moran. played like three three games. So exactly. yeah, it was we John Moran and Barnon. Usually you have one or two guys, maybe. Usually it's one guy we know this is the guy. This is who is going to win it. All these five guys we're about to talk about, 
they got a shot at winning this. They do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Some more than others, but they got a shot. So you can, you, let's start with number five. Yeah. So Anthony Edwards, the Minnesota product, number one pick, 15 and a half points a game, 2.4 rebounds, two assists. His non-points game can get a little bit better. 41% from the field, 29% from three. So he's inefficient. But I'm not going to assess a number one pick, a kid, in his first you know few weeks in the NBA on his efficiency. Yeah. There's a lot of things that they need to get comfortable with, and it's a transition. So the fact that he's giving them 15 and a half points a game, I think, is very promising. He can produce, and he's coming off the bench for the majority of these. Mm-hmm. So I think that um, he, had a, he had a career night. We 26? Producer Kiro put together a graphic for yeah. him. Very 26 points. One. Yeah. Yeah, 26 points. It was a career high and 9 to 21 from the field. So – I like that man. I, I like people will say he's inefficient. He takes bad shots, but these are they're, they're signs that you want out of a kid. Yeah. And that confidence is so hard to find. And mm-hmm. I think that that confidence with Anthony Edwards is is great. I so. think the, the biggest thing for him is going to be finding a real role on that team. I think yeah. his role is very like ambiguous on that team. They they have him coming off the bench, but you, you got Cat who plays sometimes, who who, or who who might sit out because of injury. But you have DeAndre Russell. Uh, I think. Just getting him more run, getting him more comfortable. I loved he took a game winning shot and he or no, sorry, he had the ball in a game winning situation and he threw it away. They had Ricky Rubio instead of, you know, being looking at looking at Anthony being like, Oh, whatever, rookie, like stupid move, stupid move. Ricky Rubio literally was coaching him right after that play, right after the time expired, telling him you should have done this, you should have went you should have went this way, you should have thought about this. So I think that veteran leadership is gonna be big for him. Um, but once he gets a more solidified role, I think he's gonna be He's, he's going to be much better. Um, the next rookie we have, which who I am very high on personally, just of the games I've watched him play, James Wiseman. Ooh. This guy, averaging 11.3 points, 6 rebounds a game, 1.6 blocks. 1.6 blocks is heavy, bro. It's heavy, and he's shooting 47% from the field and, and 42 from three. That's so important. He does not look like he can shoot a He's a seven-footer. To save his life, but he can shoot the three. Just watching, seven not footer. looking at his stats. What like when I when I when I think back to watching him, active hands, active guy, mobile, big, lefty, can shoot the jump, that can shoot the mid range. I I, I I told you, I looked around and told you, I'm like, tell me this guy does not remind you of a Chris Bosh. Chris Bosh, yeah, you said Chris Bosh. I think he's got way more athleticism than Chris Bosh, and I think that man, I saw him running the floor a couple times. But oh, he and he hit so the euro. He hit the euro, euro on the fast yeah. break, or he's just yo. He he takes off and he just dunks. Man, I Just, loved watching him play. He's got it. He's, he's got it. He's got it, and he's very active. He's 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 on a great team who's going to teach him great things. Draymond's there for him. Great, great coach and Steve Kerr. So I think, I think he's one of the guys. If he can just produce more output. If he can go like fifteen points a game, ten rebounds a game, yeah, that, that's a that's a tough case for rookie of the year. For sure, I think he can win it. Yeah, for sure. He's a good, he's a good player, man. And they said it, he's going to be our starter for the next few years. Yeah. So. They're very high on him. The number three on this on this list is Ooh, kind of a funny pick. Hilarious. Uh, Peyton Pritchard from the Boston Celtics. I'm going to give him his flowers because he worked the Raptors. Torched. He Torched. worked. It was his best game, 23 points, eight assists. Welcome to the Raptor killer list, buddy. Yep. He's been inducted. Yep. Uh, man, he looks confident. He's like a young, like a small guard who can he, – he's kind of pesky, bro. Like He, he, is, he reminds he me is. of like a TJ McConnell and like a JJ Barea like mer- morphed into each other. <laughs> Like he's he's kind of a good defender, but he knows how to pass the ball and, and like maneuver. He, can, he has a good shot. He can shoot. He yeah, can shoot. he's just kind of small. Uh, but I mean, they're getting eight and a half points from him. Uh, fifty percent from the field, thirty five from three, which is 
pretty good for a rookie guard, so especially a, a small guy like that. And he had a game winner against the Heat after he after did. he put down the Raptors at twenty three. So shout out to to Payne Pritchard, man, earning his minutes, earning his stripes. What I love the most about him is that he's created a role for himself. He yeah. hasn't waited for the role to be created for him. He's gone to the game and he's made. He's also gotten lucky with right uh, away. with injuries right. to the other guards. So he's gotten lucky, but, but he's, he's made made he's, the most. He's of made it. the most of his minutes, and this is what I'm talking about: the confidence that Malachi Flynn needs to have. This kid's confident. This kid, yeah. like Malachi Flynn, will get a big man switched onto him. He'll kind of you know start to draw back and, and retreat a little bit. This guy will attack him. So that's what I love about about Peyton Pritchard. Like you said, welcome to the list of Raptor killers. That was the first thing we said when we when when um, we were watching the Raptors of Boston Celtics yeah. game. Yeah. Number two on the list. This podcast is very high on him. I was very high on him. I'm very high on the whole family. Lamelo Ball. Lamelo Ball became recently became the youngest player in NBA history to record a triple double. Yep. He which he broke the record of his brother. Actually, his brother held that. Uh, Lonzo Ball held that record uh, prior oh, to him. So it's very very. Obviously, things come full circle and all that good stuff. But um, he's been averaging 12 points, five rebounds, uh, just under five assists, shooting fairly well, 41% from the field and 36%. 36 from three is very good for someone they thought that he didn't have much of a shot. Yeah, exactly. So he's been playing very, very well. He comes off the bench, doesn't even have a starter role. and he, at the end of the day, he's he's showtime. Like yeah, he, he's box office. His his four point nine assists and one point six steals per game lead the rookie class. Mm-hmm. His five point one rebounds are the best among non center rookies, and his twelve point one points per game are second to only Anthony Edwards. So he's he does it all. He's right up there, and he's coming off the bench. Man. He does it. He does it all. And I, what I love, honestly, Charlotte didn't need any more guards, but they got this kid because they know he can do everything. He can do a bit yeah. of everything, and he's gonna attract the casual fan. He's gonna attract. The Hornets fan to watch their game. So great pick by the Hornets to finally to pick up Lamelo Ball. And hey, listen, I know MJ is considered to be like the MJ of bad owners, and that's the that that's the thing that goes around. But yeah, very good pick with this one. And they've built a, a sleeper team. They've they've got a, a a whole bunch of guys who who can give you good minutes, and they can they can really become a good team uh, in the future. Agreed. And last but not least, man, Ooh, our favorite rookie in terms of. Swagger in terms of his uh, confidence, confidence, his game. Tyrese Halliburton from the Sacramento Kings. Nobody knows how in the world this man dropped to 12th, um, but he is a stud, man. 11.7 points a game, 4.7 assists, 2.8 rebounds, uh, 1.3 steals, 51 from the field, 48 from three, and he's putting up like four or five a game. So that's respectable, man. Uh, He's killing the game. Uh, He's got a lot of confidence. People are confused at how he dropped. Yeah, I anticipate he might get himself into the starting lineup, but like we said, man, these rookies are just different. Like they're mm-hmm. coming in, they're ready to go. Mm-hmm. This is the twelfth pick, and and another guy too that I want to shout out, like uh, t- another Tyrese. Yeah, Tyrese Maxey, thirty nine, seven and six. Yeah, hey man, here's some minutes. Go and get me forty. He's eighteen, nineteen years old. So these kids are built different, man. It's it's a good class. It's a it's a better class that we've seen in the past, and it's it's a more distributed class. Uh, I think. The biggest thing for all these guys is just to be able to make most of their minutes. If you're if you're in the game, make sure you're productive. Make sure you're doing something. It isn't, and I think the the thing that kind of not unites all of these guys, but I think that that they all have in common is that they don't need to only score. These guys can all rebound. These guys can all pass the ball. They got they can all make plays. They're all great guys. They're all guys who know how to play the game other than scoring. And I think that's that's why they're getting minutes. That's why they're actually playing. Yeah, guys like Anthony Edwards athletic bro he this guy I, I remember seeing a highlight dunking 
backboard hit the backboard uh, head head hit the backboard. Yeah, so yeah, for sure. All these guys can bring something to the table, and all these guys. I don't know if they're all be maybe cornerstone guys, but they're all guys who I think can contribute to winning basketball, and that's what yeah. we're seeing. For sure. Now, with that being said, um, just want to let everybody know, please subscribe to the videos, mm-hmm. like and comment on the videos, and engage with us on Twitter, man. We reply. We're pretty cool. We're <laughs> fly with it. So uh, just let us know how you're feeling, and uh, we're, we're always happy to bring you guys some content. So we'll come at you guys on the next episode. Peace. Thank you.